episode of Rude Cast Archery with your host, Rudy. Hey, how's it going, Randy? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. How's everything been? It's been good. You know, I just uh, just got back from Idaho for uh, an elk hunt, and I was fortunate to get a small bull. So I'm starting to get back into the to uh, practicing uh, my target bow ready for indoor. Nice. I, yeah, you showed me those pictures. Um, you know, I, I, I'll, any any bull at this at this time, you know, with with a bow is like a pretty big accomplishment. So. Yeah, I, I've uh, you know I've killed a few, um, but I am far from what I would consider an accomplished elk hunter. There's a lot to it, you know, the bugling and setting up and all that. But it's just so fun to do, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm just learning, and and I got a little ways to go. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, I think that's just the humility um, that uh, we're we've all come to know as Randy Long, but I, I think you probably know a lot more than you're probably leading on to. So. <laughs> well, I hunted with some really good, you know, that's one of the things that just, I love when I want to learn something, I try to find the most successful people that are doing it. Yeah. And, and, and I try to, I learn from, them, you know, and so I have been around some really good elk hunters. And uh, so, you know, that's what, that's where I'm judging that. I really do have a lot to learn. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I think we're always learning no matter what we're doing. Um, but, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I still think you got, I mean, I know you've, I know you've killed the, a few bulls and you know, you, you've been, you've hunted Arizona, New Mexico. Um, and so, I mean that you've been, you've done more than, uh, I have so far. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lot older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll catch up to you one of these days here. <laughs> That's right. Life is good. Yeah. So you said you're um, starting to practice for indoors now? Yes. Yeah. My ice, my shoulder just a little bit ago because I've been shooting a lot trying to, you know, get my arrow count up and, and uh, working on my setup and just, so yeah. Are, are, yeah, you, com- are you completely done with shooting outdoors? Uh, for this year, I don't think I have anything other than, you know, I'd like to go shoot the ham and turkey shoot up at Nevada city, but I don't really think I have anything else on my calendar right now. Yeah. Um, now, now do you set up an indoor bow and an outdoor bow or is it like you run the same bow all year? I used to, I used to be fortunate enough to have a couple of bows and, uh, and I may have another, a second bow here soon, but, um, but right now I just convert my target bow over to, uh, my, my outdoor bow to an indoor setup. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, I used to think, um, that having two bows would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I had the opportunity to have two bows set up, like I, I, I just felt like it was too much work to, to try to change between bows. Like it was easier for me to just go, you know, change, uh, swap out the rest and then shoot a skinny arrow and, mm-hmm. and just go get some marks. And it was to kind of like have two bows set up. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and that's, a you know, excluding a hunting bow, it kind of, that's a little different, but. Right. 
I, I used to have two bows set up almost exactly the same. And then <clears throat> if I, you know, cause sometimes we get into a little bit of a rut or something. Mm-hmm. And so I could, it's just like, I always have two releases also. And um, so if I'm, if I start to feel like I'm getting in a rut, I would pick up the other bow and make a little change. I might change the draw link just a tiny bit, or I would, you know, and I like that because I always had the security of the other bow and then I could experiment with, with the second bow. And then I might be shooting that for a little bit and, you know, run with it. But I always had that security of your main one. Yeah. So that, that's actually pretty, quite interesting. Um, like it, it's uh, like, it's like having the, um, releases set to different tension in your pot in your release pouch mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now what, when you, you say that you're trying to get your arrow count up, do you, do you have like a practice schedule that you follow to try to get into shooting shape? Like, um, you, I mean, you mentioned this year that you're getting ready for indoor in the past, you know, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Like you were always kind of absent from indoor stuff. Is yeah. That, is for that going to change this year? I'm, I, I've almost always shot a league, but I, I don't shoot a lot of indoor stuff. It's not, uh, in years past I did. I, I, I shot it quite a bit in years past. I would go to Vegas but over the last few years, I sort of shied away from it. It's sort of when I take a little bit of a break and, uh, you know, get ready for our shoots that come up the next year. So, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a real big indoor shooter, but I do like shooting my league. And, um, and I think I'm trying to um, – I, I think I did it because I didn't enjoy indoor that much. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to have a new attitude towards it. And, uh, so we'll see where it goes. Well, I mean, I think in the past too, like, I think for, like, for as long as I, I've known you, um, you know, you've always told me, I, I never really saw you much at indoor stuff, like outdoor, you're mm-hmm. at, you know, everything, everything that you could possibly get to within a two hour drive. Um, but, um, when it came to the indoor stuff, it seems like you were, you kind of were like, yeah, you know, I'm not really a big indoor shooter. And you always had like some you know crazy hunt you're going on and like <laughs> so no, it, I, I would true. love to see you i would love to see you show up at more indoor stuff and i think yeah i think now like um like what, one thing i'm trying to do is get um all the shops a little bit organized i i finally um uh, had some communication with um everyone um the spot um steve at the spot brian mm-hmm down at impact and then mm-hmm. um i talked to um um mark and doug a little bit of well actually i talked to doug mostly mm-hmm. about um dates for for your guys' shoot that you have at wilderness so it looks like we're gonna have um plenty of activity from december to gen in in january this year so that's awesome yeah so um you can look forward to that but I, I yeah. think I think if you started showing up at indoor shoots, you'd you know, it would it would start scaring a lot of people. <laughs> Primarily Wendell, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. I love to go I love to go and and, and uh and make an appearance and do the best I can and 
uh, and yeah, I, I, I will try to do a little bit more. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as like, as you know, my arrows that I shoot and stuff like that, getting ready, uh, I, when I was in Idaho, I practiced with my hunting boat, but I'd only shoot maybe 30 arrows or so. And I'd call it good because it's my hunting bow is at 70 pounds. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then when I got back, I, I, I got back and it was only one week until our indoor league started. And so I, I, uh, really ramped it up and, uh, I actually don't normally, shoot as much as I do as I was trying to get ready this year because I was trying to get my arrow count up so I was real strong yeah and I've sort of hurt my shoulder a little bit so I'm icing it and so I'm taking a little bit of after this week I'll take a few days off and and then get back at it nice now when um whether it's indoor or outdoor um you know how do you um how do you get ready for for events um or how do you get ready for a season? You know, like, can, can you kind of just share with me how you do that? Yeah. So, you know, uh, it, it is a little bit different for events, uh, but to start with the season, you know, I'll, I'll, um, I'll just start uh, blank bailing at first just because I want to um, – you know, get my, my strength built up without any kind of, um, uh, expectation or, um, or negative, uh, enforcement. If I'm not, you know, at first you're not shooting good and you, and you, you always want to be in the middle, but you're not going to be in the middle when you haven't been shooting a lot. So I'll do a lot of blank bailing and I'll try to get to where I'm up to at least, you know, 60 to a hundred arrows in, in, in blank, blank bailing before I ever start shooting at a target, just so I have a, my shot mm-hmm. is down really well, uh, before I ever start aiming. So, you know, I'll start with that. And then I like to be up to a hundred in normal practice. And, uh, and, and I'll usually, you know, used to, I would shoot every single day to now I try to shoot every other day. But I will try to, you know, shoot at least 100 arrows in practice. And then eventually I just start shooting uh, rounds, you know, like I'll, I'll print my spots up. And I ha- I'm fortunate to be able to shoot 100 yards out back here so I can go out there. And, and, and I printed scorecards to keep it from being boring. Mm-hmm. I printed scorecards like from the, the different shoots, Nevada City shoot, Redding shoot, um, uh, Fresno, a couple others. So sometimes I'll just go out there and just shoot their round. I'll go, okay, the first target's 80 yards and the second one's this, you know, 50 yards, 70 yards, you know. So I'll go through and shoot the round because I like to have a, uh, I like to s- establish the, uh, uh, what, how I'm shooting, you know, uh, uh, and uh, a score that I, you know, if I, if I, if I go and shoot a nine, 10 or a 912 or whatever the case would be i want to know what my average is so that way if i make a change i can then have a baseline to compare the change to you mm-hmm. know so i start with that just build up and then just start shooting you know i mean i'll go through and tune a little bit i'm not as crazy about tuning as some of the guys and sometimes i think maybe i should be a little bit more but i i do my type of tuning and then uh just put a lot of arrows in and go to every single shoot I can go to. Yeah. 
what what does um what does uh your your set what does your tuning look like for you like what do you uh do you, do you paper tune do you walk back tune um, yeah. or do a little bit of everything bear shaft yeah i i i do i start with paper tuning and then i will also bear shaft tune and then you know i'll start i'll get marks and then i will um do some walk back tuning you know i'll look at my my line make sure that my arrow's tracking good from 20 out to 100 but i will do some um walk back tuning and then um and then i like to do some group tuning you know what i'll usually do is take like a 40 yard spot for my group tuning and i'll set it up there and i'll shoot you know maybe i'll shoot like four arrows and in and shoot maybe 10 ends and then if i want to make a change because i'm looking to make the bow as forgiving as i can mm -hmm. and so i'll maybe make a change and then do the same thing and then i'll measure my groups and see how 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 the, the whatever change i did you said you're using a fresh piece of paper yeah, I usually just print. I have all the spots. I've scanned them. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'll just print a colored orange dot or a field or a hunter spot and use that. Uh, depending on, that's what goes into the events. Like if I'm going to be shooting a field round, because I'll prepare for the state. And, you know, going back to indoor shooting, I I really do, most years I'll shoot the state indoor but I don't go to Vegas and stuff like that that much or shoot the other term that you mentioned. But when it when I go to practice, I'll practice on the spot that I'm preparing for. If I'm shooting FIDA, I'll shoot their spot and and, and field, I'll shoot, you know, that spot. And then for the mm -hmm. safari rounds, I'll shoot an orange spot. When you're so I just I'm sorry, man. When yeah, I just print them, go out back and shoot them. Are you looking for are you kind of looking at where the group is kind of impacting in relationship to the center and then making minor adjustments to your rest? Yeah, it would depend. Like sometimes I might do a little tiller, you know, I might, I might advance the top cam, you know, if I'm having issues with holding, mm -hmm. um, I might, um, change point weights and see how my groups compare. So, but I'm always, <clears throat> I'll, I'll, when I make a change, I'll take time to side in and feel like I have it ready to go again. And then I will start on a fresh target, a new fresh target. And then I'll shoot my series of arrows and then measure it and see, you know, you get a feel like, oh, you know, I didn't shoot that one good, but still went in. So you have a feel of the, this setup might be a little more forgiving than another. Yeah. I've actually, I mean, I, it's been uh, like for the last like three weeks, I've pretty much been shooting my hunting bow because I was in Hawaii, um, mm -hmm. access hunting and you know, I picked up my bow again for the first time this week and started shooting some Vegas rounds. Um, and, you know, I, I shot a couple 300s, and then I also shot probably more horrible ends than, than that um, in between all that. But um, I found that or one of the things that I get, I've, I've gotten lazy about and what I try to be more diligent about is changing the target face regularly, like, you know, if, if we're going to, if you're going to shoot, 
a Vegas round just change change the target face every time you shoot it. Because I noticed mm-hmm. that like as you know, sometimes your shot starts to break down based on like how you're actually focused on that target. And if, you know, you're starting to get a little sloppy and, you know, there's, you know, you have a couple of liners and your eyes are getting drawn to those holes. Like you start to, it it almost breaks you down a little bit, you know, mentally because, you know, your eyes get, keep being, you know, no matter how many clicks you put in your sight, your eyes keep going to that spot, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, you know, changing, changing the target face, I think is, is uh, pretty important to do specifically for indoor. Yeah, I agree with that for indoor, especially I have a, I bought a box of, um, of Vegas targets. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I honestly don't even know how many I have, but uh, you know, hundreds of them. And then I bought a box of five spot targets because I like to start on a five spot. It's easier for me Mm -hmm. to aim at. And I gain my confidence when I'm working on getting my shot up and my shot count up, I'll shoot at that because it's less like the Vegas spot could be a little intimidating. You know, it's easy. Uh, my eyes, I can't see that X, you know, maybe like I used to, and, and, and you could see it really great on the five spot. So I agree with you every time I, uh, I, I have a, I'll have an old target that I'll, I'll warm up on. And then, I do, I'll go to a fresh target and shoot two practice ends, then shoot for score. And then when that's over, that goes into the pile of the backup targets or whatever, you know. So I agree with you, especially indoor. But outdoor, the only time I, and and maybe I should rethink this, but the only time I really change them a lot is when I'm doing the um, group, you know, shooting for group and measuring them and stuff like that. Because a lot of times I'll end up having holes all over them, but... um, I just try to focus on the middle and, but I know what you mean. You can, you see, get a hole in the bottom of the spot or something. And then you're, you just follow that every shot. Yeah. I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to, I mean, it's something that like just recently in the last week that I was just kind of clicked in one of those things you clicks in your head, you know? So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm saying that this is a strategy that I've used for years to try to get better. It's just, I've, like you, you kind of always known it, but then you get kind of lazy and don't do it, you know? And so mm-hmm. I'm, I definitely, I'm saying, let's, you know, be more diligent, but I wonder if like, um, if you do that for outdoor too, like if, you know, when you put up fresh paper, you know, you can see, um, you know, what, what your habits are probably. And, and maybe just moving your site could be masking, something you know something else that needs to be addressed there you know mm-hmm. so i might i'm gonna try that for outdoor and see how that goes you know for my outdoor rounds yeah what i usually do is i have a uh i'll 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 take the, the spots i just shoot at the spots and i'll tape them to a sheet of cardboard that's like the size of uh i don't know whatever i'll, I'll usually put two 20 yard dots up a 40 yard and then a, a 60 yard and it, which is the same as 80. And then if I'm shooting the reading round, I will put up a bigger spot for that, mm-hmm. but I could put that. I just put those on like a, uh, a legal size sheet of paper, except for the real big spot, the, the, the 101 yard. I just glue those to the target mm-hmm. and then I just shoot at that. 
you're, 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 you're going hit or miss then basically yeah yeah because i mean you usually don't miss the tin ring very often so uh i don't really worry about having a tin ring when i'm doing that because i'm just focused on that spot you know yeah i think i think uh i think wendell said you know to you know the game isn't isn't just shooting a high score but in safari like the bar is to shoot clean like that's what you mm-hmm. should be striving for at least at the elite level i mean if you've never shot better than a mm-hmm. 900 i think or even a 910 you know me, you know maybe you need to be maybe you shouldn't you know go into an event and thinking you're going to shoot clean is unrealistic expectations like you think you have to you know baby step your way there but but i Absolutely. think for i think for most of us like i think the mentality of like yeah we're going for clean here not anything less <laughs> i work with a lot of guys that are coming up you know i really do like working with guys and one of the things i i i well for you know i used to shoot pins going along what you're talking about here and I, my goal when I was shooting pins was to shoot a 900 at one point. You know, I just, that was everything I could, I wanted to do. And I used to save my scorecards and I, and, and, and I would have like the reading round. Um, um, I would, I, I save all my scorecards. I have scorecard, every scorecard. I think that I, every tournament I've ever shot, I have that scorecard still, but, but in my practice, I used to save all the scorecards shooting bow hunter freestyle. And then one day, cause I would shoot, you know, you got to shoot a 300 round on three fourteens. And so one day, uh, and I was tracking my scores on an Excel spreadsheet. And one day I looked at them all and I go, you know, if I had just taken this 14 and that 14 on that other day and this 14, that would be a 900. Mm-hmm. And by saving those scar scorecards and reviewing them, it gave me the confidence to know that I can do it. You know, and so um, all of a sudden I believed, and I think that's the important thing about shooting great scores. You got to believe you can do it before you will do it. So by how I just laid those three scorecards out and I go, I did it on that day. I did it on that day, that day on different 14s. And that's what I needed. Then all of a sudden I started shooting 900s because I believed I could. Yeah. And it showed me that I could. Well, my, so, my wife made me get rid of all my, all throw all that shit away. So she didn't like <laughs> looking at it. So, um, you gotta have your own room somewhere <laughs> Put yeah. all your junk in your room. Right. Uh, but, um, I, I have done that in the past with Reading, you know, and, oh. and I've taken my, all my scorecards, um, even from when I shot like bow hunter freestyle and, mm-hmm. and I just looked at them all and I've, can honestly say that I've 22'd every single target at Reading. Yeah. yeah and the only one that I struggled with was the um, that white the white sheep. Uh, I think it was target number 70 and target number one. It was always that like mm-hmm. white colored animal. Actually, no, it wasn't number 70. It was like, I think it's like 67. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like right there along the road. Yeah. It, and then there's the one, and then there's target number one. You know, right. on the lower 14, that's always that white dot. 50 yarder. Or sorry, the orange yacht, orange dot mm-hmm. on a white animal. And, I've, you know, I I have color deficiencies. I've always struggled seeing those targets. So mm-hmm. so it was actually, those were the only ones that I had in 22 um, for a while. And then, and then when I, you know, and then after I kind of conquered that a little bit where I, I worked on some things to different dots and 
lenses so I could be able to kind of aim at a, an orange dot on white, like, then my, you know, I went and shot, like, a 15, 21 and ready, you know? So mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. was like, yeah, I think that strategy of just looking, like, everyone's capable of doing it. Like, there's no, there's no like, difficult part of the course. Mm-hmm. Like, when I hear people say, oh, yeah, we shot the difficult side. You know, or the easy side. So, mm-hmm. but um, um, the other thing, you know, Randy, we we kind of just went down like these like like kind of Q and A's here about your setup and stuff like that. But um, I, I think you know, you as a as an archer in in Northern California, I I think you're much deeper than just you know, um, you know your scores and like all your accomplishments and and I think like most of the people who know you also know you as just being like this awesome like human being uh you know and and being a like a good ambassador to our sport um but like I'm sure you I don't know you probably remember but um like I remember when I was first starting you know in archery and you know you probably knew me from Adam you know and uh mm-hmm. And like I, I remember like I had cracked a limb or I, I like I'd splintered a limb and like I had freaked it out, and you know, and you were like, well, and I had like a secondary bow, but like you know, we were going to shoot Nevada City the following weekend, mm-hmm. and like you just reached out to me and was like, hey, if you want, you can just drive up to my house, you know, stay up here the weekend, and we can work everything out and get that other bow set up, and like you know, then drive to Nevada City and you know, and and on Sunday, you know, you know get some marks and and whatnot. And it's like, you know, like that, that was like super helpful. And like, you know, um, like you were one of the, you were one of the first people to really like, you know, do something really nice for me in the community where I, where I kind of felt like, you know, like all archery is like, like, I hope like everybody gets into archery and they get to like meet people like you. And cause you know, those are those types of experiences I think are what keep people in it. Well, thanks Rudy. You know, uh, it's, I just, I enjoy, I love archery. Archery has been, you know, I, I started shooting when I was five years old and archery to me is just wonderful. And I, I love the competition. I love the people, uh, everything about it. And I love seeing new guys coming in who have that energy and, and, uh, when they're, you know, I, I, I like just helping, you know, it's just, it's fun for me. So, uh, I really do enjoy helping guys as they get started and, and, uh, it's just, it's just fun to do. Yeah. And, uh, and I think there's, you know, a lot of people like that, you know, um, uh-huh. you know, you know, Buck's been, you know, one of those, you know, kind of guys that, that that's like that. And I think yeah. like you and Mark, um, you know, uh, wonderful calls you guys the expendables, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and a lot of people did it for me too, you know, like, uh, you know, I remember when I was a little kid, you know, I was shooting bare bow recurves way back then. And, you know, uh, Tom Daly senior, you know, he was helping me and my dad, you know, as we were learning archery for the first time like yeah. you were back when you and i got together so how 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 old were you when you first got started then well i was five years old when i first started shooting oh wow. and i am 63 so 55 years that's awesome um 
there was a question here on uh, Messenger that I got. Um, mm-hmm. The from uh, Joel, he said uh, it's going to be a good podcast. I got a couple of questions for Randy here. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was, um, who does he look up to, or who he used to, as or or who he has uh, as an inspiration uh, now or in the past. And then number two, he said, what kind of practice does he do to stay on top of his game for so long? Um, I think you kind of touched a little bit on the practice part already, but um, like, if you want to answer that one. Yeah, well, um, as far as the people that I look up to, gosh, you know, there are so many, you know, like Tom Daly Sr., you know, he was, you know, someone who uh, is, is a, was always a role model to me, especially when I was real young. Um, today though, you know, I, there are lots of people like you talk about Buck. I shot with Buck in pins when he won ready and at the time set the new record. And it was just awesome to watch him do it. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. He, he owned it when he would walk to the, to the shooting stake. He, I remember him cleaning his arrows, standing there on the line. He just owned the space and he was so confident. So there's been a lot of people, you know, um, Mark Rubio, you know, I met him when he was just starting archery and coming along and now he's shooting better than I have ever shot. And, um, he's someone, you know, um, there's so many, you know, guys like yourself who just, who start out and you, you've taken it so serious and you have really gotten into it. And it, you know, there's so many people that I admire that it just, because I love the sport and I see the passion of these young guys, you know, Austin Watts, Ben Hobbs is a, you know, someone who, uh, you know, because I shot many, many, many years as a good club shooter in bowhunter freestyle. And I, I think it was around the mid nineties. I, I said to myself, you know, I don't want to be on my deathbed and say that I never really, gave everything I have to archery and really try, you know, I want to go shoot freestyle. And I want to see how well I can shoot, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I remember going to a shooting school and I just said to myself, you know what, I'm going to forget everything I think I know about archery. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go. And, um, and I was experiencing, I was going through a phase of target panic really bad. So I signed up for a class with um, Bernie Pellerite. He was teaching at Wilderness Archery. And I went there and, uh, you know, I think I may have told you this, but I asked him this question. I, I said to him, uh, I was having target panic where I couldn't hold the pin on the spot and, I, and execute the trigger without flinching and stuff, you know. Did I tell you this story? No, you, um, you told me other ones, but, but yeah, no. Well, so, so I, I sort of, I, I said to him, I, I said, could you answer me this? I said, you know, I drive, uh, I grew up driving a stick shift vehicle, a clutch, you know, stick shift. And I said, I can come to a four way intersection where the first two lanes of traffic are going left to right. And the, and the far traffic's going right to left. And I have to, I have to get up to the line, to the stop sign. And I have to clear, see the clear traffic and I have to work the clutch and, and and go through over this road without stalling out or i'm going to get broadsided and i said uh how is it that i can do that 
and and never stall it always get across everything works great but i can't hold a pin on the spot and execute the shot you know i i said <laughs> how is it that you know you put your life in your hands to cross that road but yet a simple thing and just putting their pin on the spot and and he said because you're you do all that in your subconscious mind mm-hmm. you know you work the clutch you you put your foot on the gas you do all that in your subconscious mind and i had asked that question of myself and many other archers for a long time and no one ever gave me a good answer and so as soon as he answered me with that i said i'm gonna listen now <laughs> yeah so uh so anyway like you know as far as inspirations larry weiss is a first of all he's just a gentleman a nice guy and you know to me i think he was like the he when he wrote core archery you know he wrote about uh back tension and he was the one who as far as i know you know sort of really defined it in writing and and made it easily for easy to understand for everyone so gosh there's just so many people in my life that are that i've met in archery just you know and that's the great thing about going to reading you could shoot on the line with jesse broadwater uh you know chance bovath uh levi morgan you know all the all the people that that are the true you know the the greatest in our sport and so you know you know that was actually going to be something i asked you on later on because i know you told me now that you told me that story i remember you talking about the four-way intersection um Mm -hmm. i didn't know that you'd ask that of like bernie pellerite but um I remember you saying that you've taken quite a few seminars over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you mentioned that you've taken the Dave Cousins one, mm-hmm. um, and then you've you've ta- you've read the Core Archery. You've taken the Bernie Pellerite seminar. What, are there are there any other seminars that, that I'm missing? Yeah, there? yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't necessarily a seminar, but um, Lanny Basham, B A S S H A M. He, in my opinion has has the best uh with winning in mind he has a paperback book and he has a he has a a a cd series on the mental side of archery and you know like i believe that archery is probably 95 percent mental high level archery Mm -hmm. is 95 percent mental and so i learned the basics you know fund form and um and then I wanted to learn the the mental aspect. And Lanny Basham, he it wasn't a seminar, but I bought his CDs and I would listen to him over and over and over and over and over. And he has a goal setting system. Mm-hmm. And if you do that goal setting system and you write it out the way he describes, you know, like he says in the book, you're like ninety five percent on your way there. But you got to do it. You know, it's it's a it's a fantastic fantastic series yeah i know i I know a lot of people have given um lenny a lot of credit for for helping them with the mental system yeah and uh, and see i needed it you know because i know a lot of people like ben and ben hobbs and and a lot of real successful archers just did it you know they're like more athletically inclined or more confident Myself, you know, starting young, I developed a lot of bad habits and I was never a really good target archer. And I sort of saw myself that way as I was a good, 
club shooter and I was a good, I, I was fairly successful hunting. That was my main thing. I've hunted for my whole life and um, I was a successful hunter, but I wanted to be, I wanted to get to another level that I'd never even began to approach in the target side. So that's why I, I said to myself, I got to forget because I, 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 I stagnated, you know, I was the same level archer forever but I was never an elite archer and I'm still not, a, you know, I'll never be a Jesse Broadwater or a, or a Levi Morgan or a Chance Bobath or some of those guys. But, but, uh, but I still, I feel like I have had, I have been the best I could be at, at moments, you know, and that's what, that's all we can well, all I think, ever ask for. I think, I think, um, I think uh, you've accomplished a lot. Like, I mean, when you've won nationals, um, you know, legit and i'm gonna say legitimate class you weren't the only one to show up you know you've right you've gotten right. you've done you've done really well and and um i think you know when you know at the time frame in your life when you're doing it all you know all those guys are like half half our age you know yeah yeah and so yeah, you know what? I think there's a little bit to those, you know, the 20-year-olds. They're going to have a, a little bit of an advantage. But um, I always reference, like, um, the year that Kendall Woody won out, you know, field nationals. Mm -hmm. It was the last year of him shooting uh, yeah. adult. And when he got the shoot off. Yeah, it was the last year of him shooting adult. And then mm -hmm. he went to... Um, you know, before going to, to senior pro and, and he won indoor nationals and sorry, outdoor field. And I mean, he, not only did he win it, I mean, it was, a, he, you know, had a, a huge lead on everybody else because they were using the, um, you know, the extra point system with the X. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think, I don't know. I think, I think that, uh, you know, guys like you still, you know, you're at, no matter what age you are, you're, I think you're still a force to be reckoned with <laughs> out there. So, oh, thanks. But um, well, you know, yeah, you, you know, you can have your good days and and yeah, everybody yeah. has their good and bad days. I mean, so yeah. But um, so so with um, so you've taken so so with the winning with winning in mind, you know, you 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 you, you see yeah, that helped you really develop a good mental game. Mm -hmm. Um. You, you mentioned, you know, that you believe in the mental game being 95% of it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've, uh, you know, I've had this conversation like with Wendell in the past about, about the mental, about mental game and, um, you know, form and, and, you know, like in coaching and like what that looks like. And, and so I'm like, I'm of the belief of where it's, it's kind of entwined, you know, meaning like you know, your, your, your form is a manifest, your form is, is you learn those fundamentals. That's, it's, it is pretty basic. I mean, you can in mm -hmm. an afternoon learn all the fundamentals you need to shoot a bow. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like the form, your form and how it, how you execute a shot and how you look, um, when, when you break the shot, you know, whether to yourself, meaning not from like someone watching you externally, is a manifestation of what you're thinking about. And, and so like, if you're, if you're, I feel like they're, they're kind of entwined. They're, they're like one, they're, you can't have one without the other. 
Right. No, I, I agree with that. And how do I agree with that when I say the mental part's 95% and then does that mean that the physical part's only 5%? So I've heard it described that way. And I think sort of the way you said it is exact is the way I believe also it, it is that the physical part of archery is can be learned fairly quickly and but um, once you if you've been in archery for a couple three four years mm-hmm. you you have you have that down but the mental part of it is something that that you probably most archers have no idea like i know when i was shooting you know in my boner freestyle days before i got any kind of um before i took any of those seminars and things like that i was just self-taught and learned by the other guys at the archer range and what i thought at that time was nothing like what i think about now mm-hmm. you know so i'm not sure how to I think the best way to put it would be like it's a it's a it's a computer. You're basically like a, a computer. You have your hardware mm-hmm. and you have your software, right? And mm-hmm. so your 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 physical your physical part or the you have your 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 like desktop computer, you know, mm-hmm. where you have all your CPU and your hard drive and all those components, right? And then you have your auxiliary components. You have your printer and other things that mm-hmm operate from that hardware and your mental game is your software. So you spend more time using your software, right? Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but it controls everything. So, so, it, you know, it, like, that's why I said it's kind of both, you know, it's like, I, I even think though it, you spend more time using, you have to use, you can't have one without the other. Right. I think though, to win, people have to change 95% of the way they think in order to, to win yeah oh, for I, sure. I, I don't know yeah. i know i had to but again you take some guys who was it just... was it a negative thing like was it did you think that maybe you were approaching something from a negative perspective or were you thinking or were you thinking about something that was more self-sabotaging uh part of it was uh a lot of years of shooting medium mediocre mm-hmm. scores and never like that's why I said uh, when I really started on this path, you know, I laid out all my scorecards and go, look, you, if you'd have shot that, the score that you shot last week on that fourteen, and the score you shot the other day on this one, and the one you shot today, if you'd have done all that in one day, you could shoot your nine hundred. So I were you I con- came to, were you content with mediocrity? Is that like no? I was just time? mainly I was mainly just a bow hunter, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to put the work in. It's it takes a lot of work to shoot. Yeah. Good. You know, and I did. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't important. Like that was one of the things that I, I, when I want, you have to want it real bad. If you, you know, a lot of people could shoot a, a lot better than they do, but they just don't, they don't want it that bad. They go, look, I, I enjoy coming out and shooting my buddies and having a good time. And there's nothing wrong with that. There, there. That's a fantastic way to be. You know, you're having fun. You're shooting with your buddies, and there's enough. That's great. And but then, if you want to shoot at the highest levels, it's a lot of work. You know, to get there, and it's a lot of mental. You know, so I'll, I, I see what you're saying about the physical part. I don't, but I, 
the mental part is something I had no idea about. And, mm. and you have to prepare for like, when you're losing, like, you know, you get like when I was at the nationals that time and I did lose my lead and I had to use the tools that I learned from Lanny Basham to get my composure back and then get the lead back and, and, and win that day. So, uh, you know, for myself, I did, I had to learn that stuff. I, it did not come natural for me, but I believe anybody who wants it, I don't have a special talent, but I wanted it real, real bad. And I worked really hard. And I, I always said, you know, you might beat me, but you will not outwork me. I will work as hard. And I used to shoot a ton. You know, when I was shooting my best, I shot a lot. See, see, I, see that's what I wanted. To, like, I was wanting you to say that. I wanted to get that out of you. Mm-hmm. I, because um, I, I wanted, to, I was hoping that you would say that because I've heard you say that in the past. Mm-hmm. So, and, and so I'm so glad that you did because, um, you know, hard work is something that is missing from a lot of people. You know, that people want, and you see, you kind of see it a lot when when someone buys a bow or they're you know they come by the shop and they're you know getting into bow hunting like some people will work really hard at it and go out there and do it um and then some people you know they they just buy a bow and they're like well it's just to kill the time before i go shoot something with a rifle yeah (laughs) you know so but yeah i'm glad i'm you know so I, i do see that a lot and um i'm i'm a firm believer in hard work um i I think um, there was a, you know, when, when I first got into it, I was shooting nonstop, you know, putting in a ton of reps mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it pays off. And then you, you see, you see the, the fruits of your labor, right? Well, you know what? And I saw that too, when I first met you. And that mm-hmm. is why I, I, if I see a guy like you, who's putting in the hard work, Cause I never, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't ever charge anybody anything, you know, I mean, I, I just do it cause I love it and people have done it for me. But when I seen a guy like you who was working so hard and you have all these pieces of the puzzle together, but you're missing just a couple little things mm-hmm. or you're new, like you were, you were struggling, you had that bow issue. And I knew together here, we could, we could, we could get you right back on track. Then I want to help that guy. I yeah. would help any, I'll help anybody who is working hard and who is open-minded and who uh, is uh, will listen, you know, but I also won't help people that already know it all. And they're just not ready. I'm not, since I'm not charging or anything, I'm not a coach. I, I wish I had a lot of the experience and the things that you have done as far as the coaching that you've gone through because uh oh i think i think there'd be a lot to learn there but i i don't ever you know i don't want to get to a point where i'm charging people where i just have to help everybody but i'll help anybody who's working hard like you were or hard like any other guy who's an up-and-comer who really wants it bad you could tell the difference yeah no i i agree and i see that i that's I'm at that point too. Like where I mean, I'm even like, well, I mean, I do charge for, for lessons, but right. Um, right. You know, um, actually but that's rec- what you do. That's yeah. you should, you know what I mean? I'm not that. Uh, I, well, I mean, I'm, I'm in re I'm in retail. Like I, the job where I'm yeah. at right now, like yeah. I could sell bows all day and not have to teach a 
single lesson if I didn't want to, mm-hmm. and I'd be just fine, you mm-hmm. know. And 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 we're and we're busy enough. I mean, you know, you mean, yeah. Right right now, all the shops are crazy. So, um, one thing that people don't know is if I'm teaching a lesson, it's usually well, if if I'm teaching a lesson, it's usually on on a day off, before or after the stores. Um, close before it mm-hmm. opens or before after it closes. So if I'm teaching a lesson, that's an hour that I'm not shooting my bow. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's time that I'm not training and not doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that has affected my price, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> you know, and then, and so, but yeah, I actually, you know, you know, I, I've had people email me that want coaching and I've just been like, hmm, no pass. I'm, I don't, don't want to help you. No. Yeah. Well, the, I think so. The thing is, yeah. But, yeah, but I'm I'm in that same boat, or I'm kind of using that same mentality of it's like I want to help people that really want to, really are, are going to work hard and are going to want to do it. Yeah. So, um, I also had some more questions for you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how we're about 50 minutes in. You got more time for me? Sure. All right. All right awesome. Um, one one question I got from um facebook messenger here um had to do with um um like uh formats for um tournament um and in the question was asked to as a general question mm-hmm. to um to the podcast but i think this would one would be like a good question for for both of us to kind of attack because um you have been doing it for so long and um, I, I hate saying that there was a heyday in archery, but you probably did participate in archery when there was um, probably more numbers in field archery. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and read what um, mm-hmm. uh, what it is here. So it says here. Um, he goes, hey, his his name is Brian. He goes, hey, uh, curious if you would be willing to explain on a podcast why there are no ASA 3D shoots on the West Coast. Same for IBO. Seems like mm-hmm. there are huge money for the industry. Thousands of people show up to shoot them, not just the pros. Dan mm-hmm. McCarthy, Levi, etc. Mm-hmm. Those guys mm-hmm. are murdering it. But don't come out to shoot Redding. I think he might be – they actually do, but I think he may not, may yeah. not know that. Yeah. Um, I get his point, though. I yeah. see what he's – And then he yeah. says, why are 3D tournaments so different? Break the barriers and Redding are like the only ones – now you also see TAC and other mountain-style ski resort 3D shoots popping up, but not officially sanctioned. It's so confusing. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a friend of mine who was shooting in our archery club here in, in El Dorado Hills, and, um, and he moved to Nevada. And he goes, you can't believe how different archery is and the tournaments in Nevada are to California. You know, it's just night and day, sort of like what Brian's talking about there. And uh, and I know that Wilderness, you know, we had the, the shoot at um, uh, at uh, the ISO, ISE shoot, you know, there the last couple of years to um, simulate what they do at the um, this tournament that Levi started. Um, what was that? OPA. Yeah, the OPA. We started, we did a little version of that. Um, 
but well what are your thoughts on that i mean yes i've seen it a long time it's just like i think that like area to area area you know like in california we shoot the safari style shoots and we all have fallen in love with it we grew up with it and we we all the clubs are geared for that as opposed to the you know uh the other courses are laid out differently and they're they're structured differently and i think because of all of us who were raised and grown up doing it this way we love it and we've done it and that's what we're experts at and 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 we like to do it but i think that there's room and and there's interest for the other style it's just no you know where would we do it who has a course set up for it out here yeah um there was an uh there was a little bit of an, a question within that question there um, where he mentioned, you know, things being sanctioned. I think like um, for one um, safari has been popular here in California for a long time. And mm-hmm. that's like the true definition of shooting at an orange dot. It's basically like a field archery round. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the NFAA piggybacks on the straight arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, bow hunters, um, sorry, the, uh, what do we call it? Shoot again. (laughs) We always call it reading (laughs) the straight. Yeah. We call it reading, but it's uh, the, um, the Western trail shoot. The Western trail shoot is a safari event. And so the NFAA just piggybacks on that event. Um, and it is a, um, um, a national shoot, a national tournament. And, and the big names do come out to that event uh-huh. like levi uh-huh. and those guys they didn't come out uh-huh. last year i think covid uh-huh. and certain uh-huh. restrictions probably kept you know some people uh-huh. away but um that actually from what i've heard when talking to some of the pros is one of their favorite events and they wish they could shoot more um of those style events the problem is there's just no money behind it and right. so um what what we've done here in California, um, Brian is we've done the outlaw shoots, which is like our attempt to trying to make safari, um, a money more, you know, more of a, of a sport or more, mm-hmm. um, of a money, bring in the money, I guess I should say, and, and bring in some more pros of, and would you agree with that, Randy? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's, you know, that's a great question. Cause then it also gets me thinking too, like about, um, like those tack events and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. um, I know that uh, the NFAA over the years has been cleaning house with, you know, some of the, the, um, the classes, you know, they're mm-hmm. you know trimming down, you know, I think, you yeah. know, like most of the limited classes are, have, are pretty much have been dissolved at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. They've consolidated and they sort of yeah. have modified the rules to say, Okay, you can, you guys, you know, like maybe they had a carbon arrow, wood arrow class or whatever for some of them. And, and bow hunter versus bear bow, they've sort of, I, I don't know all the rules yeah. anymore of those things, but they've sort of con- consolidated those guys and say, you got to shoot against each other. Well, you just said something that hit the nail on the head. I think the reason why those events are getting so popular is you said rules. So, mm-hmm. like, think about, I mean, you've, have you, you've helped Mike out on a weekend over there, right? Have you been to the wilderness on a on a weekend? I've on been a around Saturday? it. Yeah, yeah. And you know how chaotic it can be. Oh boy. Okay, so mm-hmm. that that's exists in in my shop, that exists in many shops, and so you can imagine mm-hmm. the number of people that are getting to archery, 
for bow hunting, which is great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then those people want to shoot their bow and then they go to, they start looking up 3d shoots and they want to go to a local one and there's all these rules and they don't know what class they are. You know, they bought a, they bought a slider mm -hmm. site. They don't, you mm -hmm. know, they don't want to shoot in freestyle a class cause they're going to get thrown in against, you know, you and me <laughs> and they're mm -hmm. just shooting their bow hunting bow. So I think probably the, the, one of the main reasons those events have become so popular is because you can just show up and shoot and there's no, you can shoot whatever you want. You can shoot a freestyle bow. You can shoot a five pin bow. There's no classes and you're just shooting for fun. And so mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people that just gets them in the door. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the, all the classes and all the rules have kind of excluded some people from wanting to get into like what we're doing. And it, yeah. I, I don't, and I, and rather than being a little bit more welcoming, you know, I think we could probably improve on that in some ways, but, um, but, it, but they have like bare bow, bow hunter, they have age yeah. groups. And, and also if, if, if what, if a person were to join a local archery club and they go to their club shoots, which that isn't like it was when I was growing up, club shoots were a big deal, you know, and they reserved the second Sunday of the mm -hmm. month and other clubs didn't try to schedule tournaments on that day. And you go to your club shoot and you would shoot a field round and you would get classified. You join the NFAA and CDH and you'd get a card and you'd shoot your rounds and you would get classified. And in the end, you would learn, okay, I can only have five pins and I shot this score and I'm in C class. Mm -hmm. So then when you go to a tournament, you register that way. And then you are shooting against other people that are of your age with the same type of equipment and of the same skill level. And then they would advance, you know, the next time maybe they shoot a few tournaments and they move into B class and then eventually into A class. But it starts by go into these clubs and getting involved with the clubs and learning the rules because yeah. it's all spelled out. There. I think, I think, uh, I'm probably going to piss off a lot of people by saying this, but I think there's too much politics involved in any club, you know, and, and just from my experience being around, a, you know, a couple different clubs, you know, people get into a club and, and, and you know, they want to go out there to enjoy themselves and then they automatically get, dragged into like so much bullshit the drama i agree with you, you know there. and it's like and it's almost like <clears throat> the, the, and then and then if if the club you know certain people on the board have an agenda and they're traditional archers and you know against the compounders and it's like it rather than just like creating a uh you know an environment where everybody can just come shoot their bow and make it fun and you know and also promote target archery like i i think target archery or the NFAA has, has become less of a focus with a lot of these clubs too. You know, there's, there's only a few clubs that still really hold that, you know, the, that second Sunday of every month as the club shoot day as, as like a hardcore tradition, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I know. And I'm going to say straight arrow Bowman. I'm sure they're not absent of like, you know, their own drama, it seems to me that like that club tends to gain a lot of members and, and like really bring and keep people in it. Um, yeah. Cer certain clubs um, seem to do a really good job of that. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, in some clubs, just gear towards just one style of it and all that. But uh, but going back to what we were, you know, sort of yeah. like about guys that want to just get involved and shoot in, in, in the, the different formats and stuff like that, <clears throat> in my opinion. And, and, and it just stayed like, uh, uh, you know, uh, not to pick on my club because uh, things change, you know, like I'm old and I want things the way they used to be. But it's that's not the way life happens. Life evolves. And, you know, it's it, our club that I was involved with that I'm a life member at isn't anything like what it was when I was there for good or for bad. You know, mm -hmm. I might have my view, but that's not necessarily right, you know, and, and they have more members today than they did when I was in it. Um, for a different few reasons, but um, well, I think I'll... if you don't go to the club meetings, you could stay out of the drama. You just go there and shoot the, yeah. shoot the, the, you know, and and participate in the in the in whatever competition thing they have. You'll learn a lot that way. Well, the you know recently since I since I moved up here to Marin, um, like uh, I joined uh, Northwoods Bowman and uh, Sonoma County Bowman and Silverado Bowman. Mm -hmm. oh, so I'm, I'm like a member of a lot of clubs here. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but like one thing I found out about Sonoma County Bowman is that they still hold like really true to their, like their, um, you know, second Saturday of their, sorry, sorry, the work parties on that, what that second Saturday. And then the, mm -hmm. you know, the, the club shoots on Sunday and they, they hold a legit field around every, every, every Sunday that it's supposed to happen. I love that. And they get like 30 to 40 people. And they're wow. like, I'm like, really? And and they go, yeah, you know, and 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 so it blows my mind. Like they're actually, they they take it seriously. Um, and and I was actually kind of blown away by that when I heard the the kind of numbers that they get coming. And a lot of them are just bow hunters, you know, but they're still going out there and they shoot the field round. And um, I think it's because the leadership of the club has kind of made that um important for the new members. And like when they become a member, they get they go through an orientation. It's not just fill out this form online. Let's get your people's money and then, you know, grow the club. It was kind of like, like they, they go, the, the process is like, you, you kind of want to have to be here, you know? Yeah. And, well, you know, the, the thing is about new archers is they don't know what they don't know. Right. And whenever they get introduced to a field round and they go out there with their buddies and they shoot it and they keep score and they could track their improvement and see, okay, what equipment do I need to change and what's working to get better so I could be a better hunter or whatever your goal is yeah. in this sport. But that club is showing them that tool to, to, to achieve their goals. And, and once they learn, they don't know that they wouldn't just love to shoot a field round. A yeah. field round is a Well, that's what fun. happened to me. I mean, your, your, uh, your distant relative, Jim Long, um, mm -hmm. Uh, when he, <laughs> your, your cousin, uh, Jim Long down here in the Bay, like that's what happened with me. Like when, when I first started showing up at San Francisco archers, like he just grabbed me and was like, Oh, well, here you go. Let me take you out in the range. And he showed me how to shoot a field round. And it's like, he's like, this is archery and this is what we do. Yes. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is uh compound archery. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Cause I'd done, mm -hmm. uh, Olympic recurve prior to that. And so I'm like, okay, well this is compound archery. And so like, it's, you shoot field and that's what I learned. And then like, you know, it had it, I don't think if I'd had that experience, I might've probably gone down a different path. So, yeah, but, but yeah, I think, um, I think, uh, probably just even like you said something earlier that kind of, 
you know, um, exposed my own kind of bias, um, in, in, uh, like what we do and like how we kind of eat our, we kind of, you know, are self-destructing and in target and trying to grow our numbers is you said like, you know, you remember how it used to be or how it was good or bad. And like, sometimes you have to take out your own, you know, prejudice or your uh -huh. own judgment, um, uh -huh. what, you know, for, for the, the greater good there. And it's like, you know, if you would have talked to me maybe like three years ago about tack, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the total archery challenge events, I would have told you that they're completely stupid and retarded and like <laughs> only people that go to them are people who don't want to keep score because they know they suck. And like, you know, like it would have been like, you know, uh, you know, I, I would have, it would have been a very different answer than if you, if you would ask me about one now, you know, seeing like, like right. what, what the enjoyment that people are actually getting out of it. So, right. But, um, anyways, um, well, Randy, I, I'm, I was really excited to have you on the show today, man. I think you did a fantastic job. Well, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. You know, I, I, uh, I, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it was, we, we sure covered a lot of stuff that, uh, I didn't really think about, but it is the, well, it's never that way. It's yeah. Not, you can never really, you can't really, you can't really plan it. So. Yeah. No, I love it though. Uh, I love archery. I love uh, everything about it. And it's just a great sport. It's what, it's, uh, uh, what do you got planned, um, for the future? Like, what are your, like you, you, so you said something and I'm going to hold you accountable now. Um, so, uh, <laughs> not my you, indoor. <laughs> what you said, you said that you, um, you know, you have to want it and, you know, yeah. you know, and, and you have to, um, what what events are left for you because i mean you've you've won reading in the team event um you've you've won nationals field like what's what's left for you i know that one time you were trying to break the 1440 or trying to shoot, break the 1400 1400 in a feeder i mm -hmm. love shooting feeder too mm -hmm. um you know uh i uh as i get older uh, my mental, uh, goals and everything have, uh, you know, I, 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 I sort of started believing I'm getting old a little bit, you know? And so, um, I, um, I think I, I, I quit trying as hard as I was trying before, or, you know, I, and so and I, I'm in a point of, of refocusing some of my goals and stuff in archery. Plus I just retired. So now that I've retired, I really do. So this has happened like officially now. Yeah. Cause I had, yeah. see you ruined it, Randy. Cause I had like this whole like little speech planned out towards the end here where I was going to be like, I know that we don't have any official sponsors for this podcast or all, but this particular episode is brought to you by Randy Long, loan officer <laughs> services from vision. <laughs> vision mortgage vision mortgage if you need to refinance your house you need a new want to take get a low interest rate go see my boy randy <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah i uh i did retire and i and now i'm more motivated you know but, uh, to uh work on shooting in the senior classes and 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 really giving it my all again so um you know, I don't have score number, you know, the 1400, I've shot 1398, I think 13, I've shot some high scores there, but I thought you shot a 1399. Cause like I was right yeah. there for that. 
I remember, yeah, I, I remember, I remember you like, like watching that going, Oh my God, like, like that's like a pretty big deal. Yeah. And you know, for the senior, you know, I don't shoot the, at that time, the 90 meters, I think the highest I ever shot when you went all the way to 90 meters was like 1368 or something like that. But, uh, but anyway, um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm refocusing now because I worked the last few years has been very, very busy. And so now that I have retired, I am going to, um, you know, get, be able to practice more on a regular routine and we'll just have to see how it goes. I'm definitely not quitting. Um, I'm definitely, you know, I'm going to be at, at all the tournaments like I always have. And uh, I'm just going to try and be the best I can be at this age and uh, continue to be around great young guys, you know, like Austin and yourself and, and all these other, you know, I mean, I love Wendell, you know, uh, he's new to our sport, but he has this great um, enthusiasm, mm -hmm. you know, and like, um, you know, and, and, you know, um, Bet and Darren, you know, they yeah. are just great people, you know, and I, that's what's just great about archery. Uh, we have so many great friends and but yeah, anyway, those are those are really amazing people. Um, like uh, like Wendell, Wendell is awesome. You know, I, I love spending time with a guy um, and uh, Darren and Bet. I mean, we probably shoot at least two to three times a month with each other, you know, on the weekends it's great to see his enthusiasm. Those are the kind of people that yeah. just get me excited again, you know, um, because how they love, and you see like the, the, the improvements they've made and, you know, and the sacrifice and the hard work they're doing to shoot what they're doing. That's where you know, there's a good example of that, that you can see it, you mm -hmm. know? So, yeah, yeah sure. I, I, I I don't know where I, I, I'm always going to be here. I'm always going to be doing it. I'm going to be loving it. I'm going to do the best I can. And I hope that the next few years I could shoot some really good scores and, and uh, make up for the last couple, three years. I've been in a little bit of a, just cause work has been so busy and I haven't been able to shoot as much as I wanted. And I want to, I want to go out on a good, on a good, good light. I don't know what you want to say, but I want to, I want to make up for some lost ground. Well, that sounds awesome. Do you have any like hunts uh, in the pipeline that you want to do? Well, um, I'm, yeah. Well, I would love to go to Alaska and hunt um, Sitka blacktail, and uh, there's a few hunts like that. I have a lot of points in Utah and a lot of points in Nevada for some really good tags. Um, I'm going to go down to Arizona and hunt the coos deer and javelina in December, January this year. So okay. I will be doing more hunts. You're going to um, go with the archery for the coos deer. Yeah, I, I only hunt archery, yeah. you know. I'm not saying I won't ever hunt with a gun, but uh, I don't – I'm not that, you know. I like Doug Ross, and that guy, he's a great hunter, you know. And I've yeah. met so many great hunters. There's some – you know, there's the great – there's great archers in our sport, you know, that we've talked about, but there's also some really great hunters who, uh, you know, I've been successful hunting, but I'm not a – you know – and I would like to be a little bit better hunter and put more time in, you know, it's great. Like I went to Idaho for a month, you know, and having that kind of time when you're retired is, you know, is going to help. Yeah. I so, have, yeah, I have a uh, Doug on my list of people I want to talk to on the podcast here, but like, 
he's also somebody who like is uh yeah he's like a great hunter and a great target archer too you know he's no definitely no slouch and he's made the transition from mm-hmm. bow hunter freestyle to freestyle uh and uh you know and that's not always easy to do a guy could be a great bow hunter freestyle shooter and then he comes with a freestyle and sometimes you know they don't do do as well as as doug is doing um but yeah he's great he'd be great one to have on yeah that that that'll that'll be in the pipeline here soon um well thanks randy i really appreciate it um i think i think you pretty much we pretty much covered everything that i wanted to ask you and what uh you know other people had to wanted to ask and um um you know if there's is there anything that you want to share with anybody that you kind of thought maybe you would want to talk that you want to talk about or bring up i you know i never i I didn't think about it that much about anything i necessarily wanted to say but you know i i've always been willing to help somebody who's well you know well into to work hard um but uh but if somebody ever you know had a question, just come ask. And that's the way most all archers are. They'll tell you the truth and tell you everything that they know. They don't hold anything back because they know. They'll give you their perspective, you gonna... that's for sure. Yeah. Well, and also, like, I think they know that they go, look, I, I could tell you, but are you going to work hard as hard as it takes to get there, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't think they're afraid of telling everybody everything because they know how hard it is to get there. Yeah. For but sure. anyway. Yeah. No, thank you, Rudy. I really enjoyed your time. And, uh, so appreciate it. You got it. Well, um, I'm going to, um, so we'll go ahead and, um, we'll, we'll, uh, touch base here pretty soon and, um, I'll chat with you soon and maybe have you back on the show in the Sounds future. Good, man. Awesome. Sounds good. That will conclude this evening's entertainment.